Dang, how's that for a climb? <laughs> <laughs> it's been working out. <laughs> I do pull-ups. Yeah. All right, so... Oh, sorry, Sierra, I didn't mean that. Oh, That's oh. not what I meant. Nope, oh, sorry, babe. Let's sorry. get her back in here. Come over here, babe. Come on, you. Good girl. Now just stay there and chill. All right, so here we are. First podcast, recording it. Finally doing it, brother. <laughs> Excellent. So pretty stoked about this. And want to just introduce ourselves to the audience today. And also, I want to address real quick about why we're... I'll be launching this a few months late. You yeah. Know? Um, I had all those truck problems. And we started in March, didn't end until last week. It was start, stop, start, stop. Totally threw off my schedule and I wasn't able to get things going. And then Craig Coleman, who was going to be joining us too as one of the co-hosts, uh, he had foot surgery and had a bone removed out of his foot. So he's still recovering in Virginia. So he'll be joining us shortly. Cool. So, But uh, yeah, I just want to... Just talk about yeah. what we do. I mean, we're, yeah. we, you've been on the road now for, what, a year and a half, two years? Yeah, we've been pushing two years now. Okay. Um, and it's Elsa and I, yeah. and we live in a little scamp, and that's our that's our home. Um, so it's been awesome thus far, and we've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a lot of things that we can't really communicate via YouTube and different things, and it'll be nice to have this platform as like a deeper dive and we can like have a more sort of intimate conversation and more real conversation and hopefully like um, demystify this stuff some for people that are interested in it. Yeah, I I think that's important because if you look at YouTube, most of the videos, at least that I do, it's all this happy-go-lucky good vibes, but there's challenges with this lifestyle too that people don't foresee and it's it's still real life. That's what people, some people forget. They think that we're just back out here like high-fiving and like, you know, hanging out with Bambi, Bambi the deer right. every day and like fishing all the time. But it's Which like, is pretty accurate. Yeah, I'd say, I, I would say that's true. <laughs> but also too, it's like, you know, you still have the real life responsibilities that you do just, just minus the house. Right, so, right. Yeah. Uh, so backing up real quick, just introducing myself. I'm Brian Gallion from Kansas originally, came out to Colorado in 1998 and started full time in uh, July of 2015. Cool. I'm Baron Link. We're not looking at you, sorry, world. <laughs> Mr. Um, um, but I'm Baron Link. Um, I've been full timing for about two years. Um, from Kansas City. Um, what else? I'm a web developer by trade. Cool. I don't know if that matters, but that's what I do nice. for work. Yeah. Um, I currently live with Elsa, um, my girlfriend or partner, whatever you want to call it, and our dog camp in the scamp cool yeah and i and i full-time in a, a pickup truck i've got a four by four toyota tacoma and sierra's with me full-time my dog and we pretty much just do trail work and try to get as far back in the back country as possible yeah and live there that's cool. awesome so and you have one of the sickest trucks that <laughs> I've ever seen, <laughs> thanks so. man i'm not done <laughs> if it wouldn't have been for all these truck repairs it'd be a lot sicker because i have all these plans for lighting system and and uh um, it's going to replace a bunch of stuff on the interior, really deck it out and make it truly full-time self-sufficient reliant. Cool. So, well, it's already there. But. Yeah. It's, well, I'm just going to make it better. <laughs> so, you know, but living in this lifestyle though, it's, uh, for, for me, I found that it was difficult to, to deprogram my mind and not feel guilty. Like on a Tuesday at 10 AM, not be working. Right. You know, cause I, 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 when I was in the corporate world, it was nonstop. It was just, I, 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 my mindset was I would outwork anybody. And so therefore I worked a ton of hours, right. but I lost myself in the process. Right. And I think that's what drove me to come out and seek out a more simplified lifestyle living like this and living off grid and just being a minimalist. Yeah. And it's been such an eye opener for me. And, and I, I, I think of it as like an education in um, just 
being real and and, and reconnecting with yourself because I certainly lost myself in the corporate right. world. Right. I think that that's sort of the intention, though. And in, mm-hmm. in in, within our culture, it's your measurement of like productivity or contribution is mm-hmm. generally an hour's worked. Yep. And it doesn't matter what exactly you're doing as long as you're working a lot of hours. Yeah, and, and I think that society as a whole, and I was certainly guilty of this from time to time, but you identify yourself with either what you do or, right. or what you own. Yeah. And both of those things can be fleeting. Right. And so when that happens, let's say, for example, when a recession hits and everybody loses their shirt, yeah. When it comes to finances or their job or whatever it may be, it has an interesting way of like resetting the clock and, and resetting your perspective to think like, well, maybe I don't need all that stuff. Because when I went through the recession in 2007, that was extremely bad. Right. That got me thinking about living more simply and ultimately led me to where I am today. Right. And it's interesting to think that like a recession in an environment that I was so heavily entrenched in caused me to go in a completely different direction than what I thought my life would be. Yeah, it's almost like a forest fire. Yeah. Like there's all this like like stagnant growth and like in burning all that off you have like this new mm-hmm. um, new perspective, like new opportunity, new like life, you know? Yeah, and a, and a chance for to really recreate yourself in the way that you see fit, which I which is what I what I've loved because it seemed like when I first first chose this lifestyle, some people were like, "Is Brian all right? Like, right. <laughs> is everything going okay?" Yeah. I was. I remember a conversation with my dad, and he called me up, and and it was probably a month after I was on the road, and he was like, "Brian, can I ask you a question?" I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" You know, and I just got done fly fishing. It was an awesome day. He's like, "All right, when you hit the road, was it because somebody was after you? Because I can help you fix this." And I was like, "No, Dad, that's not the case." He's like, "Is the mafia, the IRS?" Like, no, no, it's nothing yeah. like that. You know, yeah. I said I just wanted to change, and right. and I uh, became interested in the lifestyle. But I would go out for two or three weeks at a time when I had my sign business in Denver mm-hmm. uh, that I used to own, and I and I realized I'm like, you can you can function out here. It just right. takes a little bit of creative thinking and. Right. The one thing that I will say is you have to be engaged at all moments because with the weather changing on a dime or whatever, you can't just let things go. You know, right. you've got to make it happen. That's true. And so I've enjoyed the um, the way that that environment brings you in the now so much because you can't be like daydreaming about something else when right. a storm's barreling down on you. Yeah, and it's easier. Or it's harder now. There aren't as many distractions, so I find myself actually thinking mm-hmm. and spending time with my own thoughts absolutely versus just like clicking on youtube and you mm-hmm. know watching whatever you yeah know, like a bunch I, of overwatch videos oh i would do that till like one or two o'clock in the morning yeah and i'd even Me do too. it on days where i knew that i had something important coming up the next day right. and i'd just be shot for it and then also i played video games a bunch mm-hmm. like a bunch more than i do now um like i played video games a lot let's yeah be oh i did too dude i was a call of duty master <laughs> so i think part of that was sort of to distract myself given that I wasn't living a life that was like true to my soul, yeah. you know? Cause I, I mean, I was doing really cool things and I was doing things that I thought would be um, fulfilling and they were in certain aspects, but they weren't like actually who I am. Yeah. So I had to wear a lot of sort of metaphorical camouflage and my whole life was sort of that, like mm-hmm. sort of an act of sorts. You I, know? I totally agree. That's the way I felt. Yeah. Yeah. So now I, I don't play as many video games. I still enjoy them, you know, and there's still kind of like, I think that there's still virtues in video games. Like I learned a lot about, um, I don't know, we can go into that. <laughs> All the things Baron has learned from World of Warcraft. <laughs> we'll, we'll go into that some other time. But that, that'll be our nerd alert podcast. Right. But there are, there are virtues there, but now I find that 
our life and the things that we're doing are like exciting enough to where I could make a video game about it and it would be a pretty sweet one, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of fulfillment in that. Yeah. And then being able to like help people like get out of what they're stuck in and stuff yeah. is super fulfilling to me oh, and to absolutely. show people that there is another way and we're doing it yeah. and to be doing it rather than just talking about it is, um, it, it helps my soul, you know, to mm-hmm. know that like other people are inspired by it and benefiting from it. You know? Yeah, I, I get blown away with the comments that I'll receive from people. Yeah, I've been watching you for months now, and you've inspired me to do this, or you've right. inspired me to do that. And, and I feel grateful for the opportunity to be able to inspire people. Right, and I think that's the most fulfilling thing. Absolutely. It's when other people are like, man, this is cool. Then that like yeah. lights me up. Like when the first person, Aaron was reading my uh, blog post and he told me like he's read through all of my blog posts and they've like helped him out a bunch and he's a good friend. That's great. And that was one of the first people that had ever come to me and just to hear that was like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, like it's actually, it's working. Like people are learning and like this is a good thing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's it, that That's really cool when that happens. And I, I think I, in my situation, I'm, I'm very thankful for this perspective because I did feel like I was drowning in the corporate world. Yeah. And like you said, you had to put on all these camouflages. Like I just felt like my, my, my life was a charade. I didn't believe in what I was doing. Right. You know, and, and I, I was I was a sales guy. I'd sell widgets. You know? So yeah. whatever the product was, it didn't matter what it was. I never believed in any one of those products. I was like, this isn't impacting life. All this is doing is putting money in my own pocket. Right. And I'm in an environment that's ultra competitive and people are cutthroat and all that stuff. And it wasn't who I was. But right. I could operate in it, but it wasn't healthy for me because I became... I became overweight. I would happy hour was way too often. Right. You know, I got to a point where I couldn't sleep at all. So doctors were giving me pills to sleep, and that's a right. slippery slope. Right. And so once I realized that that ta- that environment for me, yeah, I could operate in it, and I could actually do very well. It wasn't healthy. Like the end game was going to be short for me. Right. Because all those unhealthy habits and unhealthy lifestyles, their lifestyle, uh, just the lifestyle I had adopted was to help me cope with the fact that I didn't feel like I belonged in an environment that I didn't believe in. Right. <clears throat> and I think a lot of people feel that way. You, know, you hear it often. I'm in a rut. Yeah. I feel like I'm stuck. Well, nobody wants to feel like that. Right. And so when I started looking at that lifestyle or, or, or making a lifestyle change, I realized, hey, if I minimize all my stuff, sell everything I have, get my bills down to where it's literally nothing, I can make enough money to kind of figure out what the next step is, and I'm just going to hit the road, and I'll, it'll, it'll show itself once I get out there. And I think the biggest challenge for anybody getting ready to hit the road is to have enough courage to make that switch. Because yeah. you, once you once you realize that you're going to make the switch, you have to muster up the courage and do it. Right. And there are things, obviously, you have to do prior to going out full-time, like selling all your stuff and getting right. your affairs in order, those things. But it was amazing in my situation how quickly it happened. I put it out there on Facebook and also on all my social media accounts and to my family and friends said, hey, I'm going to start hitting the road and it, or I'm thinking about hitting the road. And I'm going to start making the process within a month's time I was on the road. Hmm. It's like I told my neighbor, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to live in this house anymore. I was, I was renting a house in downtown Denver. I don't want to rent this house anymore. They said, great, we've got a friend who was here last week who said they'd love to rent that house. And so, boom, that happened. Yeah. Started selling all my stuff online and that it was like one after another. And then it's like the excitement started to build. Right. You know? And it's funny, I was, I was telling one of my friends about this, like, when I hit the road, it was July, it was right after, right after the July 4th weekend, so it was July 5th, it was about 10 a.m., and I had a trailer with some stuff in it that I put in a storage unit in Leadville, but I was, I, I handed over the keys to my house, and I, I had, like, music queued up that I thought was, you know, 
like my theme stuff. You know, <laughs> I'm dorking out and I'm leaving town. And I get about halfway. I started going on I-70. I get about halfway up Lookout Mountain, and I literally almost had a panic attack. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Am I, yeah. you know, am I making the right decision? Did I just screw everything up that I've worked for up to this point? But then I had to check myself and remind myself, the reason why I'm leaving that is because it's not right for me. Right. You know, and so... My 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 biggest obstacle that I had to overcome initially was just getting that 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 courage up and and being comfortable with it because like you said you're alone with your thoughts a lot back here right. and you you're not watching TV we're not playing video games online anymore I'm not wasting time on YouTube I used to watch Buckethead videos nonstop like I just love watching that guy play them. I don't know why it was like crack cocaine for me I was, I was addicted but then you come out here and you don't have those. Um, like escapes. Yeah, you don't have that to, to distract your mind. And so I enjoyed diving into my thoughts because I had ignored what I thought for 20 years in the corporate world. Right. And I, I thought that's what I had to do in order to succeed. I thought I had to suppress all those things. I think the, there's another like uh, important point is what is success, uh-huh. you know, and like how do we define success yeah. personally, yeah. you know, because like if you think of a successful person, mm-hmm. like who is that? You know, you think yeah. of like generally people who have done really well in business, right? But then oftentimes those people are completely miserable yep. and have like a failing personal life. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was me in, in a nutshell in my previous life, right? So then, so now I feel like I'm much more successful, albeit <clears throat> that I'm making currently like less money than I was, mm-hmm. you know. But I need so much less to thrive that I'm in like a more successful place. Yeah. Um, given my situation, although like f- by the societal measurement and the scorekeeping mechanism of yearly income, mm-hmm. I'm like lower on the leaderboards. Absolutely. Me too. I but, mean, I, I would be considered destitute by a lot of people. Right. But it's a more like it's a preferable position, yeah. you know, because now that I don't need so much money, I have the time to like cultivate my mental and like meditate and do all these things mm-hmm. that are super good for me. And I'm becoming like a better person at a rapid rate Absolutely. versus just like building my bank account and then like flushing it all away on frivolous things. Yeah. Know? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a good point. I feel, I feel like the system that I was operating in before said, Hey, give us 40, 40 years, the best 40 years of your life. It will reward you at the end. If you're lucky with some time off. Right. And it reminds me of this, this story, this, this, uh, fisherman. Yeah. When I was down in Costa Rica Yeah. and, and I'll, I'll show that with the audience here. Like, so I was down in Costa Rica in 2004 and, or maybe no, it was 2003. And we were on the Nicoya Peninsula near, uh, Malpais and there's a beach over there. that's really good for surfing is incredible surf. Like these waves were hollow, it was barrels nonstop. I mean, there's no one out there. And I was uh, sitting on the shore with my board leashed up and just kind of surveying where I wanted to go. And I didn't know what time it was. And so this local guy came walking by, and I was, I was like, hey, man, do, do you know what time it is? And he, he kind of looked at me, and he looked up at the sun, and then he looked back at me, and he said, he said they say this is the best time of the day. And I was like, oh, okay. And so we started talking a little bit, and he asked me where I was from, and I said, I'm from Colorado. And... Uh, and I asked him what he did, and he said, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fisherman. I said, well, how old are you? He said, I'm 24. And I said, oh, cool. And, he, and I asked him, I said, can I ask you an honest question? He said, yeah. So what do you all think of us, you know, Americans or, you know, Canadians, whatever, North yeah. American people? What do you think of us? What's your impression? Westerners. Yeah, the Westerners in our, in our society. And he said, well, we, we have a little story about that. And the story goes that one day – 
at a local fisher, like fishing guide place, a gentleman calls up and says, hey, I'd like to go fishing. And so he takes a young man out, the, uh, and this young man takes him out on a boat, and, and the, the older guy who's retired starts talking to him and says, hey, man, you know, uh, what do you do? And he says, well, I'm a fisherman. And, and he says, well, have you ever thought about going to school? You know, and, he's, and the fisherman says, well, yeah, but, you know, what would I do after school? He said, well, once you get done with your uh, education, you could go, you could go on to college. And he said, oh, okay. So, you know, I spent four years at college and an enormous amount of money, you know, getting an education. What would I do after that? He said, well, once you get out, out of college, you could start, you could get your career going and start working up the, the ladder and save a bunch of money and then retire. And he said, well, what would I do in retire? And he says, well, you could, you could, you could be like fishing, do whatever you want. And he goes, yeah, but I'm doing it now. Right. And it's like, that's, that's the mindset that, that I have, I've always had, is why not take advantage of the opportunities now and not put it off till a long time you know, in the future? Who knows if that's going to come? No one's guaranteed right. tomorrow. And what does my health look like when I'm 65? Will so, I be able to hike and backpack and do the things I want? Probably not. Something else that I've um, thought about, and it was on a podcast that I listened to, but they were talking about like practicing retirement, you know, because mm-hmm. lots of people will go through their whole life without like, like thinking that once I retire, then I'll get an RV and then I'll just travel the U.S. and it'll be great. Mm-hmm. But you don't know if you're even going to like that. Right. So why not like try out your perceived utopia before it's like rather than building your whole life around that? Yeah. Because it may not be what you think it is. So and once you get there to have fleshed that out earlier in life would have been a really nice thing, you know, because then once you are retired and your health is declining, then you have like all these systems and everything already set up and you have the understanding to like do it. Yes. But if you wait all the way until then, then it's likely that you don't have the mental and physical capacity to figure the things out and like get that ball rolling. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that people, it seems like society now is very wrapped up in being busy. Yeah. I'm busy. Right. I mean, I often hear that. It, it well, is, it's like a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, that person must have a lot going on. It's like, well, it could be that or they could just be really bad management, management yeah. of their own time. Yeah. I think it, busyness is a symptom of lack of control. Yeah, I agree. And and I was, I was listening to this this podcast. It was Deviate with Ralph Potts. And uh, Ari Shafir was on there. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you, want, if you want to get time back in your day, cancel your cell phone. He goes, yeah. as soon as I did that, he goes, I had all this extra time in the day. I was taking naps. He said, I had things. He said, but otherwise, I'd look at my phone. I'd spend four or five hours looking at my phone yeah. of nothing. Yeah. And then, so take four and four or five hours out of a busy day. Of course, you're going to be busy. You're going right. to be slammed. But it's, uh, it's interesting how we, we lend our attention towards things that distract from making us productive, and yet we don't realize it. Yeah, I think it's important to think like what is productive? Like mm-hmm. how do we measure productivity? Like what's a good thing that we could be doing? Like what is that? Like responding to emails, sure that's good like short term mm-hmm. and um, like you and that person could benefit monetarily, whatever. But there's a lot of distractions out there that sort of masquerade as um, like getting things done or like fulfillment yeah. mechanisms yeah. and you could spend your whole day doing that, like responding or like messaging people on Facebook or doing these sort of regurgitative and redundant things and feel like, Oh, well I was busy all day. So I had a great like productive day, mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things, you've actually done 
nothing. Yeah. You know, as far as things that are important and like deeply impactful. Yeah, I would know? agree. And then and then once you get into that rut, which I used to be in, I get in the rut of thinking like, well, I had a busy day, but then I'd look back at it and think, well, I really didn't do anything. Right. I was just, I just had things that, that filled my time that distracted me away from actually getting things truly accomplished. Right. And then if you get in that mindset, it's, it's, it's almost hard to get back into like, okay, let's get things done. Right. Like, okay, you know, it requires action. And yeah. that's what I love about living like this is you have to get certain things done in order to make it happen. Yeah. And if you don't, it will be a miserable experience and you'll probably suffer. Right. You know, and I, like, yeah. we, like we were talking about before we hit the record button with weather. Yeah. It's like if you don't pay attention to the weather when you're out here, especially in the Colorado high country, you will get screwed. Yeah. And you will get in a situation that could be life-threatening. Yeah. And so when that's on the table, regardless of if you're feeling bad or you're feeling uh, – like you don't want to do anything and you're allowed to just sit down and take a nap. It's not, it's not an option. Yeah. You have to get it it's done. It's like fundamental motivation. Yeah. And then I think once you get that like small victory, like once I put the solar panel out in the morning and like mm-hmm. meditate and like do these, make the coffee, like do all mm-hmm. these like little tasks, then it kind of gets my momentum rolling. Yeah. And they're like interesting things like to be harvesting my own solar power and like going and filtering my water and yeah. doing those things. I love filtering water in the morning and then making coffee out of it. Yeah. And then, you know, like you said, you got your solar power going yeah. and you're charging up your devices for the day. And it's like, it's a great easy way to, to ease into the morning that isn't like you're asleep, you're asleep. Alarm clock goes off. Now you're on point right. all day. And then at nine o'clock, you're supposed to shut off and go to sleep right. again. That's not, that's not possible. Right. And I feel like that's why a lot of people have sleep issues. Cause I used to have sleep issues in the, in the corporate world like that. I could not turn my brain off because yeah. I was just over, overly, you know, just wrapped up and things to right. do and being busy right. and all those things. Yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, another thing that's helped me too in the morning are all those cold plunges that we've yeah. both been engaging in that stuff. I was floored. That's game changer. Oh dude, I can be in a funk. And I go get in that water for 30 seconds and get like, you know, 20 good breaths in. I'm, I'm, I get up to a point now where I can do 60 good controlled yeah. breaths. But the morning is much colder than the evening. Right. You know? Because, you know, yeah, like the morning, like the sun throughout the day gets it in the evening. You're like, this is easy. In the yeah. morning, you're like, Ugh! Yeah, it's you know? shocking. Yeah, but as far as mental alertness goes, that's, that's the most clean, pure way to get your mind immediately on track right. and get your mood in a good mood and get going. Highest ROI too. Yes. Like meditation, I think gets you there too, mm-hmm. but it takes time and it's a practice to just like deal with your thoughts and yeah. to just like sit there and think that I have enough time for 30 minutes of meditation or whatever. Mm-hmm. But with cold exposure, you can get it in, you know, under like two minutes or less Yeah. and it'll zap you into the moment. And uh, like you said, my mental acuity is way sharper yeah. and physically like the inflammation and everything mm-hmm. like to get rid of that it feels so much better yeah i'll, I'll get in and, and and for those who aren't aware I, I have a ruptured disc in my back my l5 disc i ruptured four years ago and then i've got a surgically repaired right knee that is affected by sciatica and i'm all the time from that that ruptured disc but i can wake up in the morning i can have a tight back uh, my knee can be bothering me i can get in the cold plunge get out my knee no longer hurts and my back will pop back into place and yeah. it's like I never expected that from cold exposure. No. I always thought I had to do heat therapy right. or massage therapy or some sort of like chiropractic right. work to get my spine back in alignment. But doing that cold therapy does it. And then the other benefits too, like the increased circulation, um, the, the how it can bring you out of the funk. I mean, that's yeah. proven to be done. Um, the the uh, loss of weight due to your metabolism revving yeah. up. I've noticed that now. It's like my, my pants are much much more you know loose than it was yeah. even just a month and a half ago when I started and I haven't changed my diet at all yeah and part of that probably too is the um, like peripheral effects of getting your mind into that place mm-hmm. you know and to bring you like right into the moment 
because when I cold plunge, everything else goes away. Me too. All I'm doing You're is 100 percent focused. Like that's if it, I have to stay focused on my rhythmic breathing, mm-hmm. otherwise I'll tense up and it gets like it's brutal. Yeah. Um. So and also that like it's a pretty like it's a significant victory to push myself over the edge, like to stand next to this alpine snowmelt stream mm-hmm. and say, okay. I'm going to get naked and I'm going to get in this. <laughs> right. You know? And I'm going to stay in there. Yeah. When, when every, when every yeah. sensory that I have in my body is right. telling me to get out. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a mental victory and then it's, it kind of like gets rid of the fuckets or the procrastination mm-hmm. feeling, you yep. know? So then th- throughout the rest of the day, it's like, if I can push myself into this freezing cold water and go sit in it, mm-hmm. cause I know it's good for me, then like going and like starting to write a script or working on a blog post or like those things, mm-hmm. lots of things seem a lot more trivial once I've done that. Cause yeah. it's like, I could do anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it does kind of, I've noticed on my skin, I get out and it feels like there's like this layer of like energy Yeah, and I don't know what to call it, but it, yeah. but if you feel like you have like this aura around you and you're just like, man, you feel like Superman Yeah, and, or like, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some scientific you know, term for it. Yeah. I just don't know what that is. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing. And, 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 you know, when you were talking about how mentally you have to focus, mm-hmm. it reminded me of when I used to live in Southern California when I'd be surfing. Yeah. That's such a purifying experience because you totally. have to focus so much. You, everything that you're focused on to catch that wave, you don't think about anything else. Right. And that's the same way with the cold plunge. When you get in, you're like, all right, I'm yeah. doing this. And it's almost like an, a really short, intense meditation session totally. That, totally. that may only last 30 seconds. But it's so purifying in that time because I will get in with a troubled mind, get in there, get out, those troubles are gone. And right. now I'm thinking, okay, cool, what am I going to do next as opposed to being hung up on a situation right. that may be bothering me? And then me. you have like a clean slate to build from. Yes. So it's like a, a clean foundation. And it's like, okay, what things should I actually focus on? Yeah. I've noticed too that cold plunge and then meditation afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like I like to stretch, um, get warmed up, then like do some um, like pull-ups, push-ups, and then cold plunge. Mm-hmm. And then once I get out, if I meditate after that, um, my mind is like in a clear place and I can sort of objectively digest those things that I was dwelling mm-hmm. on. And then after that, if I journal and write about if, if something's still plaguing me mm-hmm. and I like get it down, then it's like it's there. And I don't have to have that background process in my mind. So I can turn that off and focus on what matters and then kind of like go through and get down to the things that I'm actually going to work on today and what's like consequential, mm-hmm. you know, from that clean slate. Yeah. I think that journaling, like, like you're talking about is so important when we're out here. I've gone now, I've, I, now that I've been on the road for, for quite some time, I'll go back and read my journal entries from my first year. And I'm like, man, look at that young Jedi. He's yeah. got so much to learn, <laughs> you know, right. cause it's like, I, 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 I don't remember my best day in the corporate world. I just don't mm-hmm. like I had, I had 19 years of doing things in the corporate world and I can't look back and say, man, that one day was awesome. But it feels like since I hit the road, time's like slowed down a little bit. <clears throat> and so it's fun to go back and look at what I did back in 2015 or 2016. It's really fun going back and reading my, my winter journal when I was first mm, out there, winter camping yeah. full time. And Is that when you burned your leg? Yeah, that's when that's when I had that, that third degree burn down my leg. I, was, I, cu- I cooked eight pieces of bacon that morning. You know, I am a bacon dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm ravenous with that stuff. And so... Uh, I had this jacket. It was um, it was just a windbreaker, but I'd wear it in the morning because it was still a little bit cold inside the tent before it got really warmed up with the stove. And so uh, I went to grab 
the bacon or no grab this uh this incense that i had i used to make this homemade incense out of uh, um, olive oil pine needles cinnamon sticks and rosemary hmm. and you put it on the stove and you barely get it to simmer and it smells phenomenal it smells like a spa hmm. but i so i do that and I'd, I'd pick all the fresh pine needles from you know just around camp so i was going to take that off well when i did i grabbed it the little hook that that was on the the windbreaker which you can attach to gloves grabbed the skillet handle mm. and that's what pulled down on me and my my long underwear melted into my skin and i sat there and i yelled and and i it, i don't know how loud it was but it must have been real loud because there was like someone that was way far away they're like we were we were snowshoeing way over here and we heard somebody scream like bloody murder i'm like yeah that was me <laughs> and then they saw my leg and they almost threw up because my skin was starting to come off of it because it was melting down and sagging oh. and so it was all the way from my knee to the top of my uh, my foot on my right leg and i went into town and there's a doctor that I had that, that helped me initially, and we got most of the skin removed. And then I got snowed in at camp, and so that's what I was reading my journal entry about, about how I was snowed in at camp. But I was using an iPhone at the time, and we were doing video conferencing, and I was changing my wounds at camp, changing my dressing. Because, like, your body weeps constantly when you have a burn, right. like a third-degree burn. And he was telling me something interesting. There was two things I learned about having a burn, which I had no idea of. Number one, if you have an extremity and if you have a, if you have a third-degree burn all the way around that extremity, you will always have blood pressure issues for the remainder of that extremity because your capillaries are destroyed and your capillaries are what controls that for the rest of the thing. So you see a lot of people in pressure suits, like if they have third-degree burns on their bodies, especially on their mm. limbs, they wear those pressure shirts, and that helps equalize their blood pressure. Number two, back in the old days before they had good burn treatments available, people would die not from the burn themselves. They'd die from dehydration. Because their body is just like leaking. Yeah, it's just leaking nonstop, especially if you had a third degree burn on, say, like either 30% or more of your body, you're done. They just couldn't, they just give you morphine and just keep you. Now they just IV drip? Yeah, IV drip to keep you going. And it's just, it's it's an issue. Mm. And so when I had mine, even even, my doctor was like, look, even though it's on like maybe 5% of your body, you need to push as much fluid as possible and your wound will always weep. And it was always weeping. So what did you, were you filtering a bunch of snow melt or like were you melting snow? by the load or like how how did you keep up with that in the four season tent well and then and then so i was close to brown's creek and brown's creek flows all the time in the winter so i could bust through the ice there's there were there was real thick ice in some areas but there's real thin in other areas you bust through that and there's no animals getting into it at that time so it's pretty much pure so i just dip it in there i'd be good to go okay but the problem was i couldn't i couldn't stand for more than like 30 30 seconds at a time because just the blood pressure change of like having my leg elevated to down to where it was on the ground to where I could walk, just that little increase in blood that would go to my leg would be so excruciatingly painful that I couldn't even stand up. Like I'd almost pass out. So the Forest Service came out there and they're like, hey, you've been in the same spot for over two weeks. And then I told them what happened. They're like, that's cool. You can stay for your, until you're healed up. Like that looks gnarly. Please check in and make sure that you didn't die. Let us know. Yeah. And uh, so they were cool about it. And that, that was an experience, man. I talk about talk about pain. I mean, I, I go to sleep at night. I I couldn't sleep because it just throbbed nonstop. So it took about two months before I was back on my feet. Wow. That was during my first winter of full-time camp, and I'm like, right. I'm going to die out here, dude. <laughs> well, it's it's awesome, though, that you got – like, that sucks. Yeah. But it's awesome to have had that experience and, like, feel – like, know what it's really like and how, like, mm-hmm. dire and how real it is. Yeah. You know? And then going forward, it's easy. Yeah, you know? it kind of it, – it helps me realize that I'm tougher than I thought out here and that I can go through a lot more – uncomfortable situations than I anticipated mm-hmm. and just the cold itself I mean heck last winter there there was a or two winters ago uh, when I was over uh, on Mount Antero 
if anybody hears that, that's Sierra snoring and or sleeping, and she's having some dreams right now. Her feet are going, and she's, <laughs> hey, babe, it's okay. Oh, the camera's off. Oh, it is. All right, so we're just past 30 minutes here. We're going to go ahead and bring this podcast to a close. Up next, what we're going to be talking about on the next podcast are the different rigs that we use for traveling full-time and living full-time in the backcountry, and then also some ideas of what other people use, too, because there's tons of different ways that you can go and enjoy the backcountry with all different sorts of setups. So we'd love to hear from you guys. So if you want to shoot us an email, my email is baronlink at gmail.com, B-A-R-R-O-N-L-I-N-K at gmail. And then Brian, what's yours? Yeah, mine's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at coloradobackcountryadventures.com. I went for the longest URL possible and I (laughs) was successful. So we'd love for you to shoot us over questions just in text form and then even better, if you want to send us an audio file where you introduce yourself like, hey, I'm Baron from kansas city or whatever and then um ask your question then we'll play that back in our q a portion of our next podcast and then um go ahead and answer your question so anyway thanks for tuning in we're excited to bring this podcast to you we've got some really great episodes lined up and uh there's more to come peace guys thanks